have in previous weeks so that uh, you have an opportunity to catch up. And I'm just trying to work out where our first speaker has disappeared to because he's currently, there he is, he's down at the bottom. Excellent. So our first speaker tonight is uh, no stranger to most of you in that he is our administrator, Charlie Wheeler. And when he's not being our fabulous administrator, uh, Charlie is a member of the Young Franciscans. And that's some of the tradition he's going to be sharing with us this evening. And I hope he doesn't mind me telling you all, but he's also just been recommended for ordination training as well. So I think a round of applause or you can do the BSL. Um, and I think he's going to be the most wonderful priest and wonderful gift to the Church of England. But he's our gift this evening. Uh, so our first speaker tonight, we can put our hands together in British Sign Language to welcome our first speaker, Charlie Wheeler. Thank you. Let me just sort out the... Um... Oh dear, yeah. Is that better? Good. Right. So, we've prayed already, so I'll get straight into it. Um, today, I'm going to be talking to you about silent prayer. Now, a silent prayer is the practice that has by far shaped my relationship with God the most. In fact, it has actually shaped and change the way I see all prayer. We can sometimes imagine that prayer is something that serves a function. We have petitionary prayer, asking God for something so that we get it in return. Or intercessory prayer, asking God to help someone else, and in turn, that serves a function of healing, um, or, or another function like that. With silent prayer, though, there isn't a function. What I discovered through silent prayer is that prayer isn't primarily a functional thing, but a relationship with the one we are praying to. All prayer can be an attempt to seek God for himself, not for any other reason other than out of love. Think about what type of human relationships we have, from the farthest to the closest. We have acquaintances, we have friends, we have family. We communicate in very different ways, depending on how close we are. Now think about how much time you spend sharing silence with each of these relationships, with acquaintances, we often feel the need to keep talking to create a connection. But as we go into more intimate relationships like friends or even family, that need to talk to create a connection is replaced with a sense of security in silence. You don't need to talk to know that the other loves them. And it can be the same with God. If we are new Christians, we often have prayers with a lot of words. Maybe it can be set prayers from a book or just speaking to God. And this is good. But is God calling us to a different way of prayer too? If we look at Matthew 6, where we find the bulk of Jesus' teaching on prayer, Jesus encourages us not to use many words 
and even says, look at the Gentiles, for they think that they will be heard because of the amount, the amount of words they use. He later goes on to say, do not, uh, do not ask for, for much because the father knows exactly what you need before you ask him. Jesus encourages us to pray with few words or no words at all, trusting in God's presence, his provision and his transforming power. As we explore our relationship with God more deeply, we may feel a need to be silent. And this silence can show great intimacy to God. So praying without words, how does it work? How do we make prayer about God and not just about ourselves, what we need or what we want? Now to confess, in the method of silent prayer I use, we actually don't use zero words, but one word, one chosen word. It can be anything, but it, can, but it is a word symbolizing your surrender to God. The phrase of the Lord's Prayer that breaths describes what we are doing in silent prayer is, your will be done. We let go of our will and in the time set and let only God's will be what is driving us and uh, the path that we are going down. The word you choose, or I choose, or whoever's choosing the word, will take on the meaning, your will be done. Have you ever been caught up in the midst of life, whether it's stress or busyness or even sadness? Sometimes we forget God at those times, but sometimes we recognize we are distracted and perhaps saying something like, Lord, help me. We turn to God and we remember him. This is very similar to that, but we aim to do it every time we're caught up in a thought for a set period of time. We are constantly returning to God in silent prayer. So the method I use is a method uh, called centering prayer. Um, you can find this very, very easily on the app store. There's a centering prayer app. Um, and I will link that or someone will link that because um, I think it's a very good tool. Um, but the general method is um, one, to choose your sacred word as a symbol of your intention to consent to God's presence and action within. And then number two, sitting comfortably and with eyes closed to settle briefly and silently introduce the sacred word as that symbol. And then three, whenever engaged with your thoughts, return ever so gently to the sacred word. And then four, at the end of the prayer period, remain in silence with eyes closed for a couple of minutes. So, Choose a word, sit comfortably, whenever engaged with thoughts, return to the word, and at the end of the prayer, just remain in silence.
helpfully there is an app, as I've explained, which can time your time of centering prayer. In the Young Franciscan House, we have 20 minutes in the morning, but start with wherever you feel comfortable. If you can manage five to 10 minutes a day, that's good. However, I found that staying in silence for 15 minutes or more, I can more easily let go of the regular thoughts that go around my head. My brain becomes a lot quieter and I can see more easily God throughout my day. So before I ask for questions, I'm just going to end with the prayer that we often use to begin our time of centering prayer. It goes like this. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, creator, redeemer, and sanctifier, alive at the center of my being, we surrender ourselves in love to you. May my sacred word, which I will return to whenever I become aware of anything else, be a symbol of our consent to your divine presence and action within. This is just a long way of saying, God, your will be done. Charlie, thank you so much. Uh, so uh, if you've got questions that uh, you'd like to ask Charlie, you can use the little blue hands up uh, symbol that you'll find in the participants uh, button at the back. Uh, and we, I'm just going to switch back into gallery view so I can uh, see you folks and um, we will come to you. So Tass, I think you were the first hand up. What was your question for Charlie? We've uh, unmuted you so we should be able to hear you. I think maybe we've got an issue there with the sound. We'll come back. Uh, Charlie Lakin, I think, had a question. Charlie, what was your question for Charlie? Charlie, when you do that, that things pop into your head. So when you get into this silent um, phase, uh, things that you weren't conscious of being in your mind start appearing. And if so, mm -hmm. what kind of things? um yeah it could be anything um the the method says thoughts but thoughts mean really anything that is that can distract you so it can be sensations in your body it can be um yeah different things memories different uh maybe predicting the future i think a lot of it is to do with either you're thinking about something that's happened or you're think thinking worrying about something that could happen or will happen in the future and actually what we're trying to get away from or not get away from but to recognize is that God is present and actually being aware of his presence uh, doesn't require going into the past or going into the future. Um, what I, I'd like to say about thoughts is that um, the thoughts aren't bad. Um, sometimes when you think about meditation it's that they think is the aim is to get rid of your thoughts. That's not the, the intention at all. Um, but the, the only, the thoughts are very necessary and essential to prayer and to the type of prayer itself. It's just every time that we have a thought is to return to God, return to the present moment. Um, and so, yeah, thoughts come and go. 
it's it's what the brain does but returning and acknowledging god's presence in all that um is uh is is what we're aiming to do um yeah Thank you. I think Yvonne was our next hand. So Yvonne, let me just unmute you. What's your question? My question is, Charlie, um, it's fascinating. Um, I'm not good at being silent. So I'm not sure it will work. For me. Um, when, when you're silent and you rid, you, you rid yourself of your thoughts, um, do you hear God speaking to you or do you just feel God's presence during that time? Or is it a mixture? Hmm. Um, so I, I, in this period of time, I tend not to hear from God or hear any sort of, um, sort of audible or, um, sort of inner voice. And that's really not the aim. Um, actually there's a, there's a story of one of the founders, um, say, t saying that if, if the Virgin Mary, they, they were Catholic, so I excuse the, uh, uh, the mystical encounter of Mary, but if the Virgin Mary came to you during your centering prayer, you say to you should say to her, "Later, girl." <laughs> it, 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 and that's a, that's a Catholic monk saying that, so um, so he's excused for it. But um, uh, it's it's quite a funny way of just saying that you know this time is is even if you know uh, anything that could distract you, anything at all. This time, and God knows it, this time is not for that. God no. knows that this time is for just remembering his presence and being present. Um, and anything that can distract you, um, however holy that could be, that thought could be, um, we're just instructed to let go. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't really hear, hear sort of massively mystical revelations of God, but I guess the advice is not to worry about that. Okay, thank you. Great, thank you. And Christopher and Carol had our next question. Let me just unmute you. Uh, what was your question for Charlie? Thank you, Charlie. That was terrifically helpful. Um, could you say something more about the sacred word? Was that is that something locked within the Franciscan tradition that you've inherited, or is it something that you felt landed within you spirit led um what's the history to the sacred word mm. well so i i started practicing centering prayer in 2017 so before i was a young franciscan i think it's very franciscan in in method with the sacred words um i've had two sacred words first one was peace uh second one was jesus and that's something that sort of comes firstly from, I think it comes from the scriptures, but then also uh, revealed in uh, the mystical tradition of the church. So um, in a book called The Cloud of Unknowing, it says it asks people to have a single word to return to, um, to, uh, say, to say, to basically return our thoughts to God, um, which is why actually a lot of um, our our curse words are are very scriptural now is because oh, someone says jesus actually that was a form of prayer like in the midst of a day something would happen and you say jesus and that was that word that word was you returning to the presence and knowledge of god 
God. So it's very similar to the way that people actually will sort of blaspheme, um, just say Jesus throughout the day. It's very similar to that. Um, so, and it can be anything. They recommend using peace or, or something that's, that has a bit of substance, but it's actually important that the word takes on the other meaning, which is your will be done. Mm. So it can be anything. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you. And, and Charlie, just on that, on a real practical note, say you, you kind of have, you've, you've sort of chosen your, your sacred word, and I've, I've heard some people call them prayer words. Um, and then, so I know you're doing this silently, but is the idea that you would just repeat that and that kind of helps sort of center and still you? you can just unpack that a little bit for us. Mm. Yeah, so there's, there's one method uh, which is a rep repetition. That's not the method I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um but this is this is just simply actually we're not we're not meant to be repeating the word and if we find ourselves repeating the word we're not so we're sort of not doing the same method um but it's every any time that you're caught in the midst of a thought um is to return to it so there could be a long space between saying the word or a short space it's whenever something comes something else comes into your mind's eye and you're thinking of something else, um, then just to return to it. So it's not a constant thing, but it, it, it will happen a few times during the time you set out for prayer. And if there's anyone here who's kind of thinking a bit like, I think Yvonne's question, I know when I've tried silent prayer, it, like trying to get to that point of not being constantly distracted, like how long would you say someone needs to have a go at this before uh, you get to a place where it's easier to not be distracted within like 30 seconds if you're me or like how long did it take you to kind of uh, get yeah well I, what i like about centering prayer it this actually says that you know the distractions are really helpful and really a part of the prayer like if we didn't have the distractions then we wouldn't be returning to knowledge of god's presence and so in, it actually i think centering prayer incorporates uh everyone's distractions into its own method that's why I like it so much. And I am, I am still an incredibly distracted person. I don't think I'm, I've, I've made a whole lot of progress in one, in one sense. Um, but I still, I still have times of prayer where I'm really just thinking, thinking, thinking. But it's not about thinking or not thinking. It's about returning to God. Like there'll be times um, when I'm, I feel more peaceful and I, I, I do think that actually going for at least 15 minutes or more, there's something that something clicks in your brain that all the, the sort of automatic thoughts that you're thinking all the time sort of disappear a little bit. Um, but I, I, I can't say one day for one day or another, which day is going to be, you know, and it's important not to really judge that. Like it can be a, it can be a very busy session. That could be exactly what you need. Or it can be a very peaceful silent session that can be exactly what you need as well so i guess don't worry about being distracted it's part of the it's part of the the set the method great thank you got uh, one last question it's either sam or ruth uh let's just unmute you uh what's your question hi i just want well that was really fantastic charlie thank you so much um i just wanted to ask a really quick question about the origins of the practice you said that you talked about the clouds of unknowing um mm. but it, it, what, 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 what is the origin of sort of the modern form um that you've been describing mm. how, how old is it when, when does it come from 
So um, in the 1970s, 70s, there was a group of, uh, they're called Trappist monks, part of the Cistercian order, which is a very sort of contemplative order following part of the rule of St. Benedict, uh, particularly led by a man called Thomas Keating. And actually, if you look up the name Thomas Keating, um, you'll find an incredibly long library of books. And uh, he's, an, he's, he's on gen genius level and, and died actually this, uh, this year very, um, at a very high, um, great age. But yes, so they, those four monks sort of um, had a look through, had, had noticed that lots of people were going to the, the Buddhist um, sort of, um, I don't know exactly what you'd call it, but the Buddhist area are passing the monastery. So and then one turned up at the monastery, think it's the Buddhist area and says, um, you know, where, where can I learn more about spirituality? And so they say, well, shouldn't we be doing this as well? So they thought they'd made, make their sort of a monastic rhythm and style of prayer a bit more accessible. Um, which is where we get centering prayer, which is quite a simple method in comparison with the long sort of tones you get often in monastic prayer. But it goes back, um, we, yeah, the, we, we, we take Matthew 6 as a great um, uh, source of this, this inspiration. And also the Desert Fathers who used to, you know, obviously sit in, um, sit on, in like huts for days on end and we don't expect that they were just saying prayers over and over again. I think they had some sort of way of praying with very few words. And then it's sort of more sort of mapped out in the cloud of the knowing, which came up out in England, yeah. um, specifically saying, yeah, you should have one sacred word that you should return to. And so that's sort of the origins. But and that whole tradition runs throughout Christianity, the contemplative tradition. Um, and you'll be, find, be able to find lots of different variants on it but um yeah look up thomas keating um and the cloud parts of the cloud of the unknowing are really accessible parts are not um so pick and choose from there but yeah there's 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 a lot there's a wealth of tradition and yeah. it's sort of a bit like pandora's box when you start start with it it doesn't stop so thank you very much I, I, I agree. I, I've read The Cloud of Unknowing and I found quite a lot of it quite, quite unaccessible. So yeah, I agree with that. Thank you very yeah. much. Okay.